Man up in my city on the roof, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover The reverse Oh, baby The rush the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Follow me on Twitter at Providence Crier. Read our blog, com. Join with me, as always. We have BOC. Follow him on Twitter, at BOC all day. Today is Friday. February 25th, and BOC, to be honest with you, first we could still be playing this game right now. (laughs) (laughs) What a wild, wild game against Xavier on Wednesday night. Friars get the win in triple overtime over the Musketeers. They win it by seven. Um, We were just talking earlier. We could talk about this. We could spend hours talking about this game. I actually have it on in the background right now. <laughs> that's that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, man, this was this was probably the one of the best college basketball games I've ever watched, um, and capped by one of the best individual performances of a Friar I've ever seen since Bryce Cotton against uh, UNC, and this one was a victory. Um, Jared Bynum has taken his game to a whole nother level, but before we get into that, like this game had everything. Roof, water leakages, triple overtime, basic errors with, you know, fouling, inbounding, flagrants, all – it had everything. Those um, beaters. I, yeah, I, I literally thought they were just going to pull a uh, seed ball from a few years back and just play today – or Thursday. Um, yeah, I was very nervous about that, but – Yeah, and, like, once we came out of – once we came out of that stoppage because of the water, like, by the way, that's the most Providence thing ever, like, the – like they need to fix the. Dunk. Now we fix this. <laughs> yeah, I I know. it just keep it keeps happening. But anyway, once we came off that stoppage, I had a really bad feeling. I feel like the air. I mean, you know, you were there. Was the energy sucked out of the stadium when that happened? No. <laughs> well, I also the thing is like they stopped serving it. They're like, what is it? Five minutes into the second half, so that's yes. like an issue too. Because <laughs> that's how you get tired. Like you're drinking all game, and then you have to you stop for like two hours. <laughs> yeah, I. I a beer after the game because by the end of it I was stone cold sober. Uh, yeah. But um, but yeah, let, let, let's break it all down here. So first half, um, you know, I thought Province shot the ball really well, but defensively, I thought they made a lot of bad breakdowns, allowing guys to drive to the rim with ease. Um, Xavier was really dominating the paint, and we were also turning the ball over a decent amount in the first half. We cleaned it up in the second half in in, in the OTs. Um, you know, and Xavier was just dominating the paint. Our, our three-point shooting kept us in. Like, we were lethal from deep in the game. Yeah. That's what, that's what kind of scared me going to the second half because I was 
analyzing like, hey, what do we need to do better besides a little bit careless with the ball? Not crazy, but a little bit careless with the ball. Um, Nate wasn't getting touches. Uh, but then you zero points. His first yeah. three halves against Xavier, zero points. Yeah, it's just maybe not his matchup. I don't know. Um, you're like wondering what do, what do they need to change? And then I see that we're tied up, but we're like something like 70, 75% from three in the first half. And I was like, oh boy, that's going to revert to the mean, which isn't a good sign. So I was well, I, like, it was just a good half of basketball and you couldn't pinpoint like one or two big things that they needed to change. Yeah. And, you know, personally, I actually felt pretty good at halftime. Um, As did I. W- one of our, one of our, I had a few of the guys, I was in the handicap seats and um, I had a few of the guys come down and talk to me at halftime. And, uh, you know, w- we were both pretty much in agreement. Like, it's tied up. Province has made a ton of breakdowns defensively. I'm sure they'll clean that up in the second half. You're doing a good job uh, limiting Xavier from the perimeter. I personally thought as long as they clean up the defense, um, you know, this game, I, I thought, I really thought the Friars would end up winning by 10, like my prediction. Granted, I was close, even though it took three overtime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, you know, credit Xavier, man. We, we talked about this in the pregame. Um, Xavier, super desperate, and they played like it. Um, I thought they got contributions from a ton of guys. They had six guys in double figures. Um, I mean, I know it's going to happen when you're scoring in the 90s. The final was 99-92, and PC had six guys as well in double figures. But, you know, I thought Xavier really showed their their uh, desperation in this one, and they made a lot of timely buckets. Uh, honestly, credit that, man. I, I thought they gave a great effort. And, you know, anytime you have a triple overtime game, it's going to suck for one team to lose. Unfortunately yep. for Xavier fans, it, it was them. Um, so second half, you know. I, second second half was the A.J. Reeves show. Yes, for sure. A.J. was knocking down three after three, getting him back in the game. Um he hits that that three where he got fouled by Kunkel. Um, you know, Xavier was complaining about him kicking out his legs. He really doesn't – he does a little bit, but it's not, like, that bad. He, he, he exaggerates it. It's a – you can tell he's – you can tell he studies the pro tape. Like, I, love, I, I think he's a great shooter and he, like, has a knack for the big shot. But I think those exaggerations, they don't come from a – Ignorant place. Let's just say that. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. So Reeves was splashing down threes. Uh, he goes five of 10 from deep on the game. Uh, or excuse me, five of eight. Five of eight he was yeah. five of 10 from the floor. Um, so he, he was electric shooting the ball. Um, and the problem with him was he had four fouls and he, he got a ton of fouls early. And so Cooley kind of doesn't play him too much in the beginning of the second half, but then row with him for a good stretch. Uh, and it paid off because he was draining threes. Um, and, you know, I, I, Xavier gets a lead late here. We're trading baskets. I believe we grabbed, we finally were able to grab the lead again and we're kind of going back and forth. And uh, with two minutes left, two minutes, like 56 seconds left in the game or something like that. It's when we get the stoppage. Uh, Watson falls down on a Dwayne o- uh, Odom drive, and 
That, that's what that's what we're calling it. Dude, he definitely slept. Come on. Dude, like, it wasn't I, that good of a call. Like, please, please, he slept. He, I, he even said so on Instagram. He took to Instagram at, at, at uh, after the game last night to, to, to defend himself. It was the droplet of water that caused him to spill. <laughs> it's also amazing that Juan Odom can produce given everybody that guards him knows he can't shoot and they give him like three feet of cushion and he still <laughs> finds a way to like make a basket in the paint. Um, yeah. Um, so we get the stoppage. I mean, the thoughts going through everyone's mind, like, oh crap, this is Seton Hall all, all over again. We're going to have to replay this, like finish the game out uh, at, at uh, Alumni Hall. There's going to be no fans. going to suck. Um, and the crazy thing is they were talking about doing it last night, like literally busting to the game, uh, or busting to, from the dunk to alumni and just finish the game with no fans, no TV, no nothing. Uh, that would have been ridiculous, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so it turned thank, out. Thank, thank God they didn't have to do that, by the way. Yes, I know. I know. Cause PC would have lost, I think, if that happened. Yeah. But, you know, you asked me like, sucking the energy out of the gym, you know, people were standing around, you know, going to the bathroom, whatever, but the place was still pretty loud. Uh, the guy next to me left when that happened. And I was like, good riddance. He was pissing me off all game. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. He was just such your typical Rhode Islander just wants the bitch, the bitch, you know, <laughs> and he made bucket by, by Xavier. It's like, Oh, what do you do? Hawkla, what are you doing? Like a Jesus. I'm just like, oh my God, dude. Like, leave. <laughs> Please go home. Uh, yeah, go home. <laughs> but for the most part, everyone stayed. The students stayed. Obviously, they were electric once again. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the, this thing's kind of happening. To be honest, it didn't feel like 16 minutes, but uh, but that's what it was. It turned out there was what they're saying there's water on top of the roof. Um, and that was seeping down. I, I don't know what, like, what do you think? Is it the ice underneath or, or do you actually buy the theory of uh, the water on top of the roof? I, I have no clue, dude. Like, why does this happen? Like, we're, this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is not like a rinky dink program or a biggies program. Like clean it up. Like if I'm, if I'm, uh, the new AD nap, I'm like, guys, we need to rip up. We need to fix this contract. Every time this happens. We whatever we pay you a certain percentage less because this is ridiculous. Like it's just a bad look, and like casual fans of the dunk or casual basketball fans that think of the dunk, they think of the ice ring and the melting and everything. It's just a terrible look. Um, but yeah, that's it's a it's a perfect fit for Providence basketball, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, dude, Driscoll was like flipping out on the court. He was like running all around talking to people, like freaking out. It's pretty funny. Uh, and credit to the towel boys. They came up huge in this one. Uh, basically, they, I, they were sitting courtside. Like, the, they were behind the hoop. But mm -hmm. because the way was the game was going, there was a few empty seats in the courtside. They just had them sit courtside and, like, immediately pulled up and, like, wiped down the floor. Um, so they claimed to turn on the AC or turn on fans on top of the roof. One, like, why didn't you do that in the first place? You know, you're going to yeah. have an overcapacity crowd. Um, but also, also they had to know, like, it wasn't a surprise that the day was going to be, like, 65 and sunny. Like, Yeah. No, it was very apparent. Um, yeah. 
So the stoppage happens. And I think the big thing was that Reeves comes out of the stoppage and drains a three. Barry's one, yeah. Uh, I believe that – did that tie it? I think it did. Um, uh, yes, it did. It did tie it, yep. And so, so, so the crowd's just right back as if the delay never happened. Um, so, so PC gets that clutch bucket from Reeves. Um, they're exchanging back and forth towards the end of regulation. Um, I believe, no, that was the end of the first OT was the yeah. crazy scramble play when, when they got the stop and then Durham turned it over and Kunkel stepped out of bounds. So, so we'll get to that. Um, but game goes to overtime. You're like, oh crap. Only because like more time now with this floor situation, like, ugh, like that was the last thing the game could have afforded was overtime, even though. It made it a fantastic game, but you think about the court and everything. They're like, "Oh, shit. like this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna end well." Um, and then the first overtime starts. In Providence, came out flat. Then, like, granted, they missed. So, first possession, they get Fremantle on a switch with Reeves. Reeves fouls yeah. out. Uh, so that stinks. Then Bynum takes a deep three. Dude, this thing was like, I don't know how it went got out of the rim because it was like in it was like in and it just like flies out i was like what is going on uh so he misses that and like xavier starts to pick build a lead i I think they were up four or five and anytime you're in overtime you're down more than one possession you're going to be nervous um so the first ot they didn't they really didn't do a great job but they found a way to get back in it bynum obviously coming up with some huge points um, Bottom got an A and one. That, that was critical. Bottom Dude. got an A and one once they built it up to to five. I believe it was. So, so correct me if I'm mistaken. Scruggs is known as like a, a pretty good defender, right? Yeah, I mean because he's lanky, yeah, you know, quick. Dude, yeah. I rewatched the highlights. Bynum cooked him all oh, yeah. game. Oh my! Like, I didn't realize how bad he cooked him off the dribble. Like Bynum is just. I know we'll talk like high level thoughts, but like Bynum is getting to a different level of play that like you may like comparing him to Cotton isn't too far fetched. He's starting to transcend some of the other point guards too. Like yeah, he's already he's already transcended Pipkins. I Chiron will always be my favorite player of all time, but like he's playing better ball than him right now. And that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, consider this. He's only averaging like 12 or something in a game. He might be Biggie's first team because just the way he's been forming in Biggie's play, it's been unbelievable. Um, you know, with him, I think he, he one, has a ton of confidence. Two, he just knows the spots he wants to get, get to on the court. Um, there's one play that came to mind where he, he dribbled in, uh, you know, into the lane, stopped on a dime, and, and took like a little mid range jumper. He doesn't do that too, too much, but it's just like you could tell he just like, as soon as he decided to drive, that was going to be his plan. I'm going to drive, stop on a dime, and pull up for mid-range. Um, so I, I just think he has a ton of confidence in himself right now, obviously, and just knowing the spot where he wants the ball, um, you know, the looks that he wants to get and the spots that he wants to get him from on the court. I mean, that's just what's going on right now. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Also, give credit to 
we haven't even talked about Durham, man. What a warrior. Oh, my God, dude. That, dude he, pulled yeah. a, he pulled a Willis, Willis Reed twice. Went into the locker room. May have, Who knows what happened in the locker room? May have gotten <laughs> shot up with something. Who knows? Um, I'm just kidding. I, I don't have any intel on that. Um, but clearly, like, he was in pain the entire game. And, like, just willed, him, willed the team to victory, too. Like, just – you could tell, like, this team is – I think the theme with our podcast is like the team is just so different from last year besides the obvious record and everything, but like their makeup, like nobody last year, if they're getting hurt is coming back into the game. Yep. Durham was Durham would have Durham would have died rather than not go back into the game, which is awesome. Dude, it was so he, he took that spill and dude, he was down and I, I I'm worried. I thought he was out for the year at that point. Like it did not look good. He couldn't even get up. They had to like literally like drag him. <laughs> he like crawled from the floor to, to get onto the bench. Then he's on the ground for a while. And then they get him up. And I mean, from my I had a pretty good view of him. It looked like he was on the verge of tears, putting the jersey over the head. Like he looked like he was in a shitload of pain and couldn't help but feel for him. He leaves. So I'm like, oh my God. And then as you said, comes out, pulls a Willis Reed, comes back into the game, but he was hampered by it for the rest of the game. Like you could just tell he just wasn't moving right at all. Yet he still had uh, the wherewithal to hit a big shot. I don't know. That jumper he made, I believe that was in the first OT, right? That jumper. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that That was was a a massive shot. Massive shot. They they probably lose the game if he misses that. Um, So the game gets in the second overtime. Providence does a much better job getting out of the gates and they end up building a lead this time. And the controversial flagrant foul occurs. That was a horrendous call. And on top of that, I believe the, the non-flagrant call where they called it two shots on Durham with Nunji. Yeah. Uh, that I believe that happened in the first OT. Um, they call that one a common foul. I mean, there was nothing aggressive about it at all. But, I mean, letter of the law probably could have been a flicking foul. Uh, uh, so, so you know, you luck out there. And then um, in the OT, they get a flagrant foul. I thought it was because we were trying to, like, do the thing where we have a guy run to the uh, end line in – our inbounder passes it to guy still out of bounds. Yeah, Kunkel should have Kunkel should have been called called for a foul. That's, yeah, I that, thought that's what the flagrant foul was for. Yeah, that's somebody tweeted at me like, "Oh yeah, you missed the Kunkel foul." And then like when I saw they didn't call it on Kunkel and the play stopped and everybody's looking over to Nate, I'm like, "But you can't see that they're looking at Nate because Nate's not in the picture." I'm like, "Oh god, the water's dripping again." There's another. There's going to be another stoppage. Yeah, and then they're like, then you see the, then they showed the replay of the Nunji foul. Oh, dude, like, I'll take a win however we can get one. That was a horrendous call. But if you're, I if, thought, you're a Xavier, if you're a Xavier fan, though, you have you have to at least say, listen, they blatantly missed the flagrant on Kunkel <laughs> or the yeah, intentional, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah, because that, that yeah, that should have been called. You can't just shove a guy that's trying to get out of bounds to get the inbound. Um, but you know, Nate definitely got under. Nunji skin that the whole game because I believe the possession before that they were inbounding under their own basket and they kept on like 
putting his chest up, up against Kunkel's shoulders and Kunkel kept shoving him away. And the refs were like, guys, relax. Uh, <laughs> so I think he started to get under his skin. And so they call that and you think, okay, this is where we win the game. Um, you know, there, there's no way we're, we're going to get two free throws and the ball here. But then, first of all, why was it Watson that was shooting those? Did they get to choose? So I think I think if it's um, an intentional foul, it's that person gets to shoot two, and then you get the ball back. I don't. So to answer your question, oh, no, oh, because because the foul was on Nunge the foul was on Watson. Right, right. Nunji commits the foul on Watson. Yeah. Um. So. So I'm feeling good at this point, and then. We all know know what happens. A couple of missed free throws here and there, and uh, uh, Scruggs. We foul Scruggs with nine seconds left earlier when we we're up three, and then we're up three again. We don't foul. I think when I was trying to, and then he Scruggs just blew by him, and Scruggs drills the three at the buzzer. I could have sworn it was a two. Watching it on TV, I yeah, I think it it's close, man. But I think it probably was a three. So. Um, yeah, oh, it, was, it was a three. It was a three. It was a three. But like, for but me dude. though, like, uh, I was gonna live with Scruggs taking that shot. To be honest with you, no. Like, I, well, I know the book says the foul, but like, I don't know. You're in double overtime at this point. You can't. A three can only tie it. You can't lose to a three. So like, oh, let me shoot it. <laughs> well. Well, no, I, I, what I would have done is I thought Mania stupidly shouldn't have fouled the first time because it put him, it stopped the clock and it put them, it put them on the line for two free throws with still eight seconds left. That's too much time. And then the last possession where they needed a three, he should have fouled and put them on the line for two. But it's like easy to Monday morning quarterback when you're not in that game and it's what the second overtime. Right. Right. Um, so the game goes to a third OT. And I'm watching it now on TV, but I'm just drills. This big old three to put them up five with 31 seconds left. Foot on the corner of the Friar logo, just drills it. I mean, so big because when Reeves and Durham end up fouling out, like I'm like, shit, we have no more guys besides Bynum that can kind of create off the dribble. Um, so... That, that really concerned me, but, you know, credit to Bynum, man. He's just on a different planet right now. Dude, um, and we got to give credit to Bree. Uh, yeah, so let's you, you wrote about it in your article. Uh, Bree comes in because of Durham being out, and, you know, he was clutch from the line. I believe he was five of six, and then he hit a floater in the lane as well. Um, so he was critical in, in that game too. So that, that's good to see. Maybe you can build off that too as we get closer here to, to the end of the season. Um, but yeah, in the triple overtime, Bynum with the dagger three, the place is going nuts. Finally, then it felt like you could breathe uh, once he hit that one. Because now you're talking yeah. five point lead with 27 seconds left. You're like, all right, thank God. Like this one's over. Um, and it was great that they bring in fonts to uh, um, dribble out the clock. And there you have it. Friars twenty three and three on the year, Thir- thirteen and two in the bees. Right? Yeah, I think oh, yeah, thir- yeah, I think so. Yeah, thirteen and two, right? Yep, yep. Because they have two more games left. They only play seventeen biggest games. But real, um, real quick, real quick, with 
there's a couple development. There's three developments that have taken place that I think really as elevates the ceiling for this team. It's Reeves coming on as a three point shooter and being healthy. That's huge. Bynum upping his level 10 X to being, I, I honestly think he's playing like one of the best point guards in the nation. And that, I do not say that as a biased Friar fan. Look at his stats the past six or seven games. Yeah. If he, granted, if he was playing that way the rest of – if he was playing that way the entirety of the season, he would be leading the nation in scoring or close to it. Um, and now this last game, it might be a one-game anomaly potentially, but Reed knocking down those free throws and then also hitting that floater. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't looking for that floater before he started making those free throws. That was an, yeah. aggressive, that was an aggressive freshman year Reed take. So um, those three developments, we'll see if they last. I think the first two will last with Reeves and uh, Bynum. We'll see about Breed. Those three things continue to happen. We go from like a, hey, you know, maybe maybe we win one in the Sweet 16, go to the Elite Eight, to, to we might be a dark horse Final Four team. Yeah, the crier prophecy could be back on. Uh, oh, boy. For those who followed <laughs> along uh, back in the infant stages of the blog in pod, uh, Cryer Prophecy was Final Four run in 2020. COVID stole that from us. So, you know, who knows? Maybe, you know, I haven't gotten word from the CBB gods, but it starts to seem like we might be trending towards, you know, the pandemic took away the prophecy, but it's still going to happen just a few years later. And now here we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if So let's say this. Let's we'll do the hypothetical game again. We win against Creighton on Saturday. We'll take the Big East tournament out of it because I don't think that the conference tournaments matter as much as we think, unless like it's a bid stealer. Um, so let's say we win against Creighton, we lose against Villanova. What are we seated? Are we a three? We better be. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so, right? Like Z- Xavier and Xavier and Creighton may not be ranked, but I, they are two very solid teams and i think they would both be quad one wins right um so xavier would have been but then we dropped him one spot classic net ranking uh so i think it goes down as a quad two now but um xavier will have a big game against seton hall i believe they play saturday as well um that's a huge game for both teams uh you know obviously xavier's sliding now um they want to avoid not having this end of season collapse where they end up missing the tournament. I mean, they're still good as of today, but man, once again, I mean, now they've lost what six of seven or five of six or something. I think it was five. I think it was five of six. Still, you don't want to be dropping games. Uh, So they'll have a huge one at home against Seton hall. That game's on three 30 on Fox probably at the, at at, uh, probably be in province by then. Uh, Maybe at Trinity. Who knows? Yeah. but, yeah, what a gutsy win for the Friars. They've done this all year long. Um, a few of the other funny, great moments of the game. You had Feidelberg there from Barstool. Yeah. Uh, he did the shoe shuffle and, and won. Uh, so, so that was good. That got the crowd going. Um, that old guy singing uh, the Bon Jovi song there, that was dude, that's, pure dude, That That's like – you see me before the season, that's going to be what I look like after the season. I just can't t- like these past few games. I, and I'm not exaggerating. Like I'm a healthy guy. I run all the time, but like these past few games, I've needed an hour to just like decompress and get my heart rate down. It's just, these games are crazy. 
And they never stop. Like in our prediction for the Xavier preview, I was like, well, it's going to be another tight one because that's all we freaking do. And sure enough, I didn't think it was going to go to triple overtime, but it did. <laughs> it's just like, they can't make it easy on us. It's like, think, think about heart- this, BOC. The Friars have played in three overtime games this year. They've won all three of them. Those are the last three wins. <laughs> I, so I'll, I will, that's, that's a crazy stat. I will say this. Would I rather my heart give out and have the season we're having versus, you know, being passive and indifferent like last year? Much rather this season. So I'll take oh, the yeah. good with the bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, I don't know, take some heart medication or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so here we are. The stage is set. I mean, I said that going into the last episode, but I mean, we got the win. So here we are. One game left at the dunk Saturday. Against Creighton, 8.30 p.m. tip. Oh, boy. Uh, FS1. John Fanta will be on the call. It's a big day in Friartown. We'll preview it next. But first, a quick word from our sponsors here at Anchor. All right. Welcome back to the Province Crier Podcast. All right, BOC. Saturday, championship Saturday comes early, I guess. Province hosting Xavier, senior night. 8.30 tip, FS1, uh, uh, playing against Creighton, who is on a six-game win streak, including a victory last night over St. John's. However, it didn't come without some tough news for them, as Ryan Emhart, the freshman sensation, um, brother of the, the Gonzaga guard, um, formerly at Florida, uh, he breaks his wrist out for the year. A crushing blow for Creighton, especially yeah. considering what they're going into center right Yeah, it's this game was going to be tough as is for Creighton, and it's going to be tough for Providence, like obviously. Um, but losing your floor general, and he really is he really is that that for them. Um, him and o, him and O'Connell, uh, losing him is a big deal because he sets the table for everybody else. He's like a kind of his comp is actually pretty similar to Jared Bynum. He's kind of an undersized point guard that can still stroke it and do well. Um, so losing him is a big deal, but they still have a pretty big front court in Paul Krenner and Hawkins. Um, they have a blue chip recruit, Trey Alexander, who can light it up if he get if he gets going. It, and McDermott, McDermott's teams, like if we weren't, if Providence wasn't the talk of the Big East, I think Creighton would be because what they're doing is incredible. Yeah, I mean. He- you look at the preseason rankings and teams like Creighton, Providence, Marquette were all projected to be on the bottom half of the conference and they've all exceeded expectations this year. Um, and especially it's impressive for Creighton because of how young they are. Um, similar to what I was saying about Marquette. Um, you know, Creighton had their best team ever. All right. Make their yeah. first week 16 ever. Um they lose a ton of production from that team. Zagorowski gone, Bishop gone, your guy Mahoney, who, who I think we always dominated, uh, gone. Um, Jefferson. So, what's up? Damian Jefferson. Oh yeah, there's another guy. I love Jefferson. They um, lost. They lost. I think they lost their top six scores and all five stars. Yeah, I think it was that they lost like eighty something percent of their scoring from a year ago. So incredible job that that that. Uh, Greg McDermott has done at Creighton this year. Um, but, you know, 
I personally think the celebration is on, man. I, I really do. Um, you know, you look at them, Hawkins, obviously a dangerous player. I, we were talking about this uh, before we recorded. Who are we going to throw on them? We are pretty much in agreement that Manai is the perfect fit for a guy like that. Basically, just picked off the best offensive player on the other team. And we're like, yeah, just True. throw Manai. But, but I just think, like, there's similar body types. Uh, Hawkins might be a little bit bigger. But, like, you know, I think that would be a good matchup for for, for Manaya to, to try and slow down Hawkins. You know, what do they do now without Nemhart? You look at their rotation in that St. John's game. They, no, They had no guards come off the bench and play. Yeah. Off the bench was Kaluma, that Andrew Kalashvili kid. He's like a wing. Yeah. I guess he's kind of a guard, but guard wing. And then that forward Fizell. Um, other than that, nobody got time. They do have Stevie Mitchell, who I believe uh, is it Stevie Mitchell? No, I think Stevie Mitchell's on a different team. Uh, the Mitchell and Creighton. Do you know his name? <laughs> um, um, Sharif Mitchell. Okay, so he's a junior. Yeah. Only averages three and a half a game. He didn't even play against St. John's. So, like, what do they do from that standpoint? And I, I think that's just going to be pretty tough for them. Um, Manaya at the top of that press, especially without a point guard, he is going to cause a lot of issues. I, I would do that. Too. I would press the entire game if I was if I was Cooley. They don't have enough ball handlers on the court. Just get a lot of easy buckets in transition and for, for some turnovers because I think O'Connell's a great player. I don't think he can handle lead guard duties personally. No, so, like, O'Connell's so interesting, man, because, like, comes over from Duke, was a solid, useful player for Coach K in the Blue Devils, and he comes to Creighton, and last year, like, he wasn't very good. Uh, and this year, he's kind of like a roller coaster. He's either an absolute dud or a stud. So yeah. he's kind of boomer bust for them. You know, he's going to have to play a big role in this game if Creighton wants to have a chance to win this game. Um him, Hawkins, Cockburn is going to have to establish, um, you know, lock down the paint, which, by the way, I think Watson would will do well against a guy like Cockburner. Um, I hope so. Because, like, Nunji is, like, very tall. And he's also, like, pretty thick, whereas I think uh, Cockburner is kind of like a twig a little bit, a little bit. He'll, he'll he'll get there though. I uh I like his game. He's not the most athletic, but he's got he's a good bot. He's a big body and he knows how to play. So and Nate's gonna have his hands full just as much as Paul Prender's gonna have his hands full. Um, and it's interesting you bring up ball pressure because not not to get too much back into the Xavier game, but Cooley really vamped up the ball pressure uh in the second half of this game. Mm-hmm. But it honestly didn't cause turnovers. Xavier did a pretty darn good job of, of beating that. But once again, they do have ball handlers and Scruggs, Kunkel, Odom can dribble. Like, yep. so, so you look at Creighton now, they're short on guards. Yeah, it, it might not be a bad strategy, BOC. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think the Friars well, obviously have to monitor Durham's health. Like, what are your thoughts? Do you want him to even play on Saturday? Yeah, dude, you gotta, you gotta go for it. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess. Uh, I saw I, someone tweeted like, I would dress him and then not play him at all. 
Yeah, I, I would um, I would say you got to go for it because you don't. You know, he's going to want to play. Yeah, but like, granted, I know we have higher aspirations than winning the Big East regular season title, and there's that thought in the back of my mind. But let's let's tackle winning the Big East regular season title, and then if we win it on Saturday with Durham playing, rest them against Nova. Like, who, the, the game against Nova only helps us for NCAA tournament seeding. Like it, it has no ramifications on the biggest tournament or anything. So I think you suit everybody up, uh, you know, push, push ahead and hope for the best on Saturday because we don't win Saturday winning on the road against Nova with the biggest title on the line. That's not going to be an easy task to say the least. Oh yeah, obviously. I, I, you know, that might be my one fear is the guys being worried about, dropping the opportunity and having to play Nova, you know? Um, but man, I, Saturday is going to be such a party, dude. It's it, I, what do you think the average BAC is going to be of everybody there? It's going to be like, it's going to, it's going to be double the legal limit. It's got to be like, the average is going to be like 0.15 or something. Like, that. Oh yeah. I, I'm staying over for this one. I'm staying oh, over yeah, for this yeah. place in Providence. Yeah. I actually drove home last night. I got home at like 1245. <laughs> oh. Yeah. We, we went, the funniest thing was we, we went for a beer at Trinity, like I mentioned. We get to Trinity, and that Wyoming-Colorado State game that it's was almost supposed over. to be on after Providence had five minutes left. I was dying laughing. That was the funniest thing. Watching, watching it on TV, they kept saying, like, hey, we're sorry. We're going to cut to the Wyoming-Colorado State game as soon as this game's over. They must have said it, no exaggeration, like eight times. It's like, <laughs> one, there's like ten Wyoming fans on this planet. 10 Colorado State fans on this planet. Like, nobody cares. Everybody's tuned into this one. Yeah, I know. I mean, you got number 11 team in the country trying to fight it off a scrappy Xavier team. But, uh, yeah, I'll have boots on the ground like I did last night. Plan getting there early. Just getting geared up for the game, you know. Um, should be a fun one. Oh, man. I, I just think winning the Big East for the first time ever and doing it at home at the dunk for a crowd that's been so good all year long. Uh, and for Cooley to win it in his hometown and cut down the man, that would be special. So incredible that it's going, it, it's going to be a scene on Saturday. I'm very jealous of you. Yeah. You're going to be in uh, Key West, right? Is that what you yeah. told me? Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm jealous, but not really. Because yeah, at least you that'll be that'll room. be some fun too. Yeah, I'm gonna have to dig out tomorrow so I can get that, get out of there on Saturday ASAP. Is it, um, in, is it supposed to snow in Boston? Yeah, tonight into tomorrow. So we're supposed to get like seven to twelve. Oof. I don't know what province's deal on the forecast. I didn't really check that, but uh, but yeah. So make we'll sure, have to do some sure, digging sure out. No, uh, make sure there's no snow on the quarter, right? I know, right? Jeez Louise. Um, you look at the secondary ticket market right now. I just pulled up the game time app. There are two tickets available. One in the lower section for $298. We'll get you into this one. And the other one is also a lower level for $531. That's, that's awesome. Uh, so, this, is not your mom, this is not your mom and dad's Providence. No, not, not anymore. Yep. Uh, should be an awesome game. I'm sure the celebs will come out like they were last night. Uh, dude, everybody was there. They had a bunch of guys from the, the 97 uh, Elite Eight team. 
Cool. I met Ed, Eddie Seawright last night. Oh yeah. Yeah, like like when the when the stoppage happened, he decided to get out of his seat and just stand behind me the rest of the game and watch the game. So I introduced myself. I didn't tell him I was the crier, but um, I was just like, you know, I congratulated him. Said, you know, cool, he's done such a magnificent job. Um, but yeah, he good dude. Um, so yeah, I expect the celebs to be out. I saw a center of the Pats, David Andrews, tweeted out that he's got to get get himself to a game. You only got one game left, buddy. So uh, I, I, I want to do anything in my power to get David. Like if David Andrews is chugging tall boys uh, with his shirt off uh, in the student section, I'll go nuts. That'll be amazing. Um, but huge game. I'm super stoked, as we all are, obviously. Um, we'll, we'll get a preview article out. What are your thoughts? Um, not to put you on the spot. On the spot. No, no. It's, I've been thinking a lot about the game. I've been thinking a lot about the game. Um, I said, I think, I think, ball pressure is going to be the key to success for us. Um, I just don't. Nemhart, like, he really was vital to this team. Uh, and I think we're going to expose them in a big way without him. Um, Watson can't force it down low because I think whenever he goes up against. A big who's also highly acclaimed sometimes he tends to force it um pick and choose his spots uh and then you know keep keep generating good looks for reeves for horkler um my one thing i said and i put this in the article is we can't fall in love with bynum doing everything for us like yeah, there yeah. were like bynum didn't bynum like we've said it a million times one of the best performances probably the best performance i've ever seen from a fryer player since i've been following them but if you it would, the game could have gotten out of hand for to the benefit of Xavier if those shot, some of those shots didn't drop. There was too much standing around and watching Bynum. They need to do what they've been doing all year and run the offense through everybody, not just Bynum, because there was too much hero ball last night. And it worked. Thankfully, we got the W, but we can't fall in love with that strategy because that's not the way to long-term success, in my opinion. All right, so what do you think of prediction-wise? Um... So crazy noise. I will say eighty-two seventy-four Providence. Nice. Okay. I'll go eighty-five sixty-seven. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I think it's gonna be a party, man. I, I've written about this a few times in previews. Said, you know, remember that DePaul game when Province went on that run in 2020, uh, beating five ranked teams in the calendar month. And then to finish off the season, they got DePaul at home and they just absolutely kicked the crap out of them. I know this Creighton team's a lot better than DePaul, than that DePaul team, especially the, uh, the one that we played in 2020. But, mm-hmm. and I know Creighton's won six in a row, but you think about how much of a madhouse is going to be. Crane's a young team. Now, now you got them without one of their their primary ball handler and primary playmaker. I think Providence is going to get out to a big lead early, and it's going to be a celebration the rest of the time at the dock, man. Yeah, I'm excited. This is uh, – I can't imagine going into Saturday night, Sunday morning as Biggie's regular season champs. It would be so fantastic. So let's, uh, let's hope for the best. Yeah, so we'll have coverage from the game. I, I actually did some recording for Cryer Talk yesterday uh, after the oh, game. I, yeah. 
I got an interview. I sent it to you via text. Um, Are you going to put that in? It was only 35 seconds, so I'm not going to put it in this one. Okay. Hopefully this doesn't jinx us. Hopefully we win the championship and cut down the nets, and then I get the scene outside of the dunk afterwards because it's going to be a madhouse. Uh, So that will hopefully be a a fun little segment in the uh, the next Cryer podcast episode. But uh, again, exciting times in Providence. History could be made Saturday night. Until then, have a good one, Friartown. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way about a hoop, eh? Cross over, I might go to L.E.U. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, eh? Feel like A.J. Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, eh? Fall down, bounce back like M.A. Ho, eh? I'm the alpha dog, D.I.L.O. They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage And he see me bumping, so we gon' let him have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe Cross over, I might throw the alley-oop But they sleeping on me, well let's take them back to school Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah